Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Boundaries podcast, a podcast where we interview faculty, students, staff, and alums of the Beyond Boundaries series of courses and the Beyond Boundaries program at Washington University in St. Louis. In this podcast, we aim to reach across the digital divide and highlight engaging stories told by Beyond Boundaries faculty and students at WashU and their ideas for future work and play. We hope to give you a window into what Beyond Boundaries is, featuring the next generation of interdisciplinary thinkers and collaborators whose aim is to leverage curiosity across disciplines in an effort to solve some of the most complex and challenging problems we face in the world today. My name is Rob Morgan, and I am the director of the Beyond Boundaries program at WashU and a teaching professor in the area of design and the performing arts department. Enjoy the show. My guest today on the Beyond Boundaries podcast is Lauren LaCruz. Lauren is a proud, well, I'm going to I'm going to let her answer that. Maybe she's not, but a pr- I'm thinking she's a proud member of the Beyond Boundaries class of 2025. Um, she is from the New York City area. She is a double major, as many Beyond Boundaries students actually are in poli-sci, political science and psychology. And I'm delighted to have her on the Beyond Boundaries podcast, if for no other reason, she also has a podcast. <laughs> So um, I'm thinking that the four listeners of this podcast might listen to yours. It's not going to be a huge uptick in numbers for you, Lauren, but... Um, You'd be surprised. <laughs> I'd be surprised. <laughs> but I'm just so delighted to have you as a guest on, on your podcast, and I'm happy to return the favor if you wish. Um, but, uh, but thanks for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, I want to kind of like just maybe go back to uh, sort of the beginning. Uh, well, birth. Let's go. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> let's go back to you know why you chose WashU and landing. Let's see. In the, it would be in the fall of 2021 that you started here yep. at WashU. Um, so uh, I would love to kind of get maybe some of your reflections at this sort of moment in time. You're a second year student, almost at the middle of the semester break. Um, we're in currently October. Um, at least midterm break, that for, that's for sure, in the fall semester here. So you're about a year and change into your experience here at WashU, and so I'd love to kind of get some reflections on that. But, um, but let's, start about, uh, let's start with just wh- where you're from. Yeah, so um, I'm Lauren LaCruz. I'm from Queens, New York. I was born in Miami, and I kind of like flipped back and forth a bit. Um, my brother moved there not too long ago, so sometimes I'll escape the cold and just head over to Miami <laughs> um, with weather permits. Um, but they don't, that's not counted as bi-coastal, right? You don't count that. that. No, because Miami <laughs> It's the same coast, coast, obviously, but. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. Love Miami. Um, and I also went to boarding school in Connecticut. So I've kind of been all over the place, um, you could say. And how I got to wash you, it would probably be through my boarding school experience um, and my program experience uh, pre-boarding school, which is Prep for Prep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prep for Prep is a program for students of color in the New York City metropolitan area, uh, tri-state area, um, who essentially are going to get offered scholarships to boarding school and beyond. And we also um, get internship opportunities, uh, different mock interview workshops, different workshops in general. Um, And through that, I did a lot of research on colleges. And I would say that my experience at boarding school, I loved it. I went to Taft School in Watertown, Connecticut. Loved it, uh, but I was, I, I think I had the gist of what a Northeastern feel was like already. Uh-huh. Kind of wanted to get away from that, uh, at least for the next four years. 
and I was looking at schools uh, past the Northeast and I saw WashU and the Beyond Boundaries program was actually the reason that I got here and chose to come here and I think the rest would be history. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the rest is history. It's not, I, we're delighted that you're you're at WashU and you're in the program. So, are you perhaps the first uh, student to come from this program, this prep program, um, to, in Beyond Boundaries? I am. Yes. Yeah. Are the uh, first WashU student, perhaps, or no? No, I'm definitely not the first WashU student. Um, prep has existed since the '70s. Oh. Um, there's a bunch of WashU students here. Well, not a bunch relatively compared to like I would say northeastern schools obviously because of um the distance but I don't I would want to say that I'm the first beyond boundaries student but I could be wrong about that mm-hmm. um but because I don't know any other prep students I would I would assume sure. so, so yeah, yeah as far as as far as my research goes you are the first at least in yeah. the program but um and Prep and I have one thing in common, and that is that we both have existed since the 70s. <laughs> so the Prep's been around for a long time, is what you're trying to say, Lauren, right? Just go well, ahead. Well, now that you put it that way. Go ahead and call me old. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I was just showing you gray hairs before we started recording, saying your classmates are to blame for some of these. Um, but we won't name names. Um, as long but, as it's not me. That's right. Anymore, at least. <laughs> So let's talk about um, your quote, big question. As you know, you apply to Beyond Boundaries with a big question. It's, that's the only part of an application that we see in the program. It's, and I think that's the way it should be actually. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, maybe talk a little bit about what your application big question question was. Doesn't mean it has to be what it still is, but what, what was it? Yeah, so my question, and I get like super excited when I talk about it, because oh, like, how did you think about that? Mm-hmm. And I just like, I can't, it just happened to come up. But um, I essentially wanted to use computer science um, and political science. So uh, the study of politics in general to create some type of system uh, where we can look at political assemblies in countries that are thriving and are successful or not even countries, just regions in general, um, and then be able to apply those same political assemblies to ones that are struggling, whether it's developing countries or overall um, struggling regions in the world. Oh, interesting. That's kind of fascinating. So would an example be what happened in Egypt with the change in leadership in Egypt? There was a lot of, um, uh, as I understand, social media um, kind of conveying of places and times and that there was a whole revolution, essentially, that that started in in kind of a social media kind of platform. Or is what you're kind of thinking of a little different than that? I would say it's a bit more different. Um, Mm -hmm. It's I wouldn't say it's my big question anymore or maybe it is i would tweak it a bit Mm -hmm. um but i was thinking more of from a political scientist standpoint Mm -hmm. uh, creating more of um i would say a statistical machine or or Uh. apparatus software of some sort um to then be able to look at okay, historically, this is what has been needed for a region or a country to succeed. Um, how has How is that a deficit in countries that are struggling? Could we somehow pair those and then um, apply the successful ones to the yeah. successful ones? Interesting. I love that. Nice. So uh, so we let's see, where are we in your, your college journey so far? We're at the beginning of your first year. What classes did you sign up for, both Beyond Boundaries and otherwise? 
Yeah. Okay. So I, sh I should have known this. I should have like made a list. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you could just hit the highlights. We're not going to ask you all 18 credits or whatever, how many credits you were in. But Yeah, um... I was in 17 both. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um, but I, of course, apart from the Beyond Boundaries seminar, um, I took intro to psychology, mm -hmm. cognitive psychology, because of course that's my major, sure. um, American politics. That's like the poli sci 101 class. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I took quantitative political methodology, which is uh, QPM for short, which is kind of what I saw to be able to tap into my uh, big question. I didn't really know that there was something. I mean, I knew that political science was a science and there was going to be statistics involved. But um, in QPM, we learned how to use R, um, which is a computer language it's not much, it's not like Python, but essentially mm -hmm. you do statistics on there. Um, and learning that was, was amazing because I think it was like one of the first hard skills that I actually learned through school rather than just like an analysis and theoretical thing. Sure. Like this was like, I can have proof as to me knowing this. Um, I could create a portfolio and extend myself through that. Um, and I think that was like a great opener to, okay, now let me actually start thinking about my big question, how I can actually get that going. Nice. Um, I love that because it kind of, kind of creates in you kind of a duality of both theory and practice, right? It's like you have to have the tools to take, you know, old ideas and make new ones out of them. And here's your tool, right? Exactly. Uh, oh, nice. and, and I was expecting, I guess, my practice is just to be fully theoretical, which is not a bad thing. Um, but now that I am able to put it more in a statistical practice. I'm taking psych stats now. Mm -hmm. um, sorry for the foreshadow, but I'm <laughs> able to also, <laughs> I'm able to see how, you know, I use all these statistical jargon, um, knowledge, and then actually put into practice of, okay, well, th this amount of judges made these decisions. Um, what can we expect from them in the future? And that's just something that I thought, you know, would be like, oh, well, I mean, I guess, and super theoretical, but now knowing that, put numbers to it that I thought that was really cool. Got it. Got it. And beyond boundaries courses, what, what BB courses did you take in your first year? Yeah, I took two. I took, um, on end game of entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. which was an amazing course. Uh, you essentially learn how to be an entrepreneur. Um, we have a lot of guests, um, entrepreneurs in the area. Um, uh, we go to these like think tank type things. Um, I think it, idea bounces, that's what we call them. Um, and then whether it's entrepreneurs from WashU or from St. Louis area in general, they'll come explain their idea, like how, like their pitches and everything. Um, and seeing how hands-on it was, I thought it was very fruitful, um, okay. you know, to like learn how to do it, but then also being able to do it because at the end of it, um, with your group, you create a business and then you pitch it in the same idea bounce format. Um, and then people win. I didn't win, but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember but, what your idea was? I think just to give an example, students might find that interesting. Yeah. Um, my, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't like the my last idea that we understood. Created, That's but, fair. Um, one of the ones that we were looking at uh, was how to because St. Louis has a huge um, refugee population. It does yes. Um, how can we integrate these refugees into the community? Um, not seamlessly because obviously there's a lot of nuance in there, but um, essentially it would be to have like um 
have them create cards for businesses. And then these types of cards would be sold to businesses, whether through like a rewards program. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the percentage, whether, I don't know if it was like a hundred percent of the profits from the cards or not. Um, that would go into like larger refugee organizations to help the same refugees that were helping us make the cards. Oh, interesting. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. It kind of underlies the, uh, not underlies, should I say underlines the subtitle of that, that class and game of entrepreneurship. The subtitle is leveraging capitalism for good. Yeah. And um, I think that really hits on at least the research I've done on generation Z, your generation is that you all, yes, you want to succeed in whatever way that, that what however that manifests itself it doesn't mean lots of money necessarily but you also want to make a uh, an impact uh, a social impact that um perhaps outlives you <laughs> you know that makes yeah. makes the world a little bit better place so um i think it's fascinating so you took endgame in the fall um and uh, what did you take in the spring in terms of beyond boundaries courses yeah i took uh, law race and design oh, um, yeah. the story of st louis i believe that's what the next bullet point of it, I think they all have like little colon and then. Yes, uh, yes. But, they're like they're like faculty books. They have many subtitles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved that class. I think that um, no bias against the end game entrepreneurship one, but uh, law racing design was taught by two professors, uh, one from the Sam Fox School of Design um, and our design school and our law school, which is awesome because you get like both an undergraduate and a graduate feel. Um, And essentially we were looking at how ways that we design a city um, or even like the smaller things like a speeding ticket, how um, they can impact different communities within so for example the speeding ticket um doctor i mean professor nazu was uh explaining how he got one that was so confusing that him himself who's a lawyer like didn't understand what to do yeah and how that essentially um is a racist and marginalizing and oppressive uh, practice because a lot of these people uh don't have you know whether whether it's internet or just like overall knowledge as to like how civil practices work um and essentially like giving us a perspective as to well if we were to do urban planning or like just looking at the societies around us um what are things that essentially oppress some people more than others yeah yeah yeah. that's kind of a famous story i heard about from other students in that same class about how he got a parking ticket and he brought it into class immediately after he got it really yeah (laughs) so that sort of made the it's made the rounds as uh, as as folklore now in that class um well that's great those are two again team talk classes and you're i think you you also highlight something we're pretty proud of we 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 tend to get or I tend to get a lot of questions from prospective students who say well if I understand it right um, beyond boundaries means I can take graduate level courses and it's like no but a good chunk of the beyond boundaries courses are taught by grad level faculty in this case um, professor Anazu is from the school of law so um, it's a great great opportunity that way and um, and makes connections too right you have a you are pursuing um, interest in the law which I guess brings us if you don't mind to your summer Sure. Um, last, what would that, when we're talking about, I'm trying to make it the summer is correct, summer of 2022, right? Yes, this past okay. summer. Yeah, this past summer, you worked as a, a corporate paralegal for, um, for a firm in New York City, in your hometown, or near your hometown. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Did I, did I skip anything important? <laughs> um, I don't 
don't think so. I think uh, chronologically we're doing good. Um, so yeah, so I worked for a law firm this summer. I got the internship through Prep for Prep, and I know a lot of people were asking me how I obtained it, and I don't want to be gatekeepy at all, <laughs> for lack of a better word, um, but that's kind of how I did. Um, I'm sure there's probably other ways of applying, but um, yeah, so I I was going to be a summer at a corporate paralegal. I decided to do corporate. There's either litigation paralegals or corporate paralegals in the firm. There's other types, obviously, but those are like the main two. Sure. Um, and I figured that I do have some interest in business. Uh, it's not going to be expressed through my majors at all. Or I, I was going to do a minor in economics, but I didn't want to take calc too. <laughs> so that wasn't going to happen. Um, but I definitely did want to see how you know, this intersection of business uh, would work through law. And it was a really great experience. Um, it was, I think there were four people on my team. I was essentially uh, put in the capital markets group. So there's uh, banking, capital markets, and mergers and acquisitions. Um, I was put in the capital markets group, but because of this whole recession thing that's going on, yeah. um, there wasn't much going on in that sector. And so I did a lot with M&As, mergers and acquisitions, um, and it was great experience. I was the youngest person in my group, which was like a really weird thing for me at first, because I was like, why am I doing the same things as people who are going to law school next year uh. right now? Um, but yeah, I did that. And I also uh, was a primary paralegal for a pro bono case. Um, I won't give too much detail, but essentially... Um, we were helping a mother with um, a court case, uh, a family court case. And that was also, an, I think that was like the highlight of my experience because I realized that a lot of what corporate paralegals are doing is just like thousands of Excel, Excel, Excel sheets. <laughs> sure, um, sure. And being, you know, the paralegal for the pro bono case, I was able to, you know, talk to the client I was like her main point of contact because I was also the translator um she oh. she only spoke Spanish and so because I am fluent in Spanish I was able to do that um and then working with the associate and like the partner I like had sent an email to the partner and it was like this whole summary of the case up to that point um and we had like reviewed it like seven times and then last moment uh they were like no we're going with the family court and not the surrogates court and I had to like change the whole thing. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to send it to him. And then he like <laughs> responded and he was like, thanks, Lauren. This makes sense. Within like three seconds of him responding, like everyone called me. They're like, congratulations. That was the best email. He could have responded. Like he could have been That's asking like great. a trillion questions. And I was like, oh my God, he just said thanks. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it really gave me insight onto, um, into, you know, a law firm, um, what they do and specifically that law firm's uh, culture, which is, which is great for me to see, especially as just a freshman in college. Nice. I think there's, there's something about that story. I think you, you started it or started part of it by saying that you didn't think you could stand toe to toe essentially with these, these, these colleagues who are much older than you, but you, your end of your story illustrated that you not only could do that, but you offered an element to yourself that, that was key to, to, you know, that particular case, just simply the ability to speak Spanish you know, mm. gave you this opportunity to sort of, sh you know, shine, which I think right. is, is very important. Um, so good on you. 
I think so Excellent. often we learn so often in life that if we just if we just try, if we just try to throw darts at the dartboard, you know, something's going to stick eventually, right? So, yeah. um, if we're just not afraid to do so, that's the thing. So many people are afraid to afraid to throw that first dart because they're afraid of, of failure, perhaps. Yeah. But um, but I good on you. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. I was going to say that. Um, also, a big thing that I learned was uh, taking initiative. Mm -hmm. um, I got feedback from the associate that I was working more most closely with but at the end of the summer. And he was, he said like the main thing that struck him about me was my ability to take initiative. And I never like saw myself as someone who did take initiative, but I think that um, I was, I was kind of just given the platform to do so. And, and it was, um, yeah, I think that if anyone has any questions about like how to go through with internships or like just like sure. college in general i would say that that's like has to be like top five it, it um, is yeah yeah aspect. we just discussed this with the first year students in the seminar just last evening and it, you're exactly right it's it's basically having the initiative and realizing at least in college that everybody at this institution myself included work for you <laughs> you know like we often don't think of it that way but but I'm a professor and my clients are my students and I, it's in it's in your best interest to make, make sure that you get the most out of this experience. So as long as you're not afraid to approach professor so-and-so or even, you know, law professor so-and-so in a graduate level, then you'd be surprised how people want to help you um, and um, help you get to where you want to go, right? Uh, so anyway, um, I, I think it's just great that you had that experience. Um, yeah. Uh, so this semester, now we're in October, roughly mid midway through the first fall semester, your sophomore year. Yep. Um, you, I guess you officially declare, uh, maybe you have already, but students in art side declare at the uh, basically second semester of their second year. Have you declared both these majors to be your pursuits at the moment? No, I haven't, but I'm, I'm going to. Sure, like, sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure that. Sure. I'm yeah, I'm 100% sure I'm going to do this. Got it. I just want to make I wanted to underline that flexibility because I think a lot of students relish this sort of year and a half roughly to taste all the ice cream. I know my daughter did when she was in college at Washu mm -hmm. as well. So, um, but uh, so what are you taking? What, how's your s fall or sorry, yeah, fall semester of your second year going? It's going really well. I love the classes I'm taking because it's only five. I'll, I'll name them. Um, I'm taking <laughs> international politics. I'm not like 20 of them, but um, I'm taking international politics, which is for my poli sci major. Um, psychological statistics for the psych major. Mm -hmm. I actually just had an exam like half an hour ago for that oh. before this. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> it went, no, it went really well. Oh, good, it, good. Okay. At least I think it did, but I really sure. hope that translates into what my professor thinks. Um, <laughs> right. Um, what else? I'm taking developmental psychology hm. and Latinx art and oh, Spanish cool. for heritage speakers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. This sounds interesting. Yes. It, it sounds like a very, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, a very creative semester for you. It, it No, it really is. I think that um, international, so of course the three classes I'm taking for my majors, the, both the side classes and my international politics class, um, obviously are much more empirical and study focused and, and rigid, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, but Latinx art is an amazing class. It's an art history class with a focus in Latin American studies. And it's not a beyond boundaries class, but I think that that's also an example of 
washu's interdisciplinariness in general sure, sure. um which i would say that you i think people really do benefit from washu being interdisciplinary by nature even if they're not in the beyond boundaries program right. um and i think that this is one way that i'm seeing it um and obviously i'm not an art history major or anything so i didn't have to take this class but it was open for me um and spanish heritage one is essentially for uh, students who've grown up in Spanish-speaking households, mm. uh, so who have, like, known and have heard Spanish their whole life, but, like, maybe your grammar isn't that great, or maybe you, like, whatever. Got it. Got it. So let's talk about things that you that just you just do for fun, like this new podcast. Let's talk about your new podcast and, and um, you know, kind of the flavor of it and, the, and why it maybe uh, interests you. Yeah, so my podcast is called Trush. Um, you can find it on apple podcast spotify spotify actually um spotify podcast specifically actually has the ability for you to watch video on it too uh so that's cool and then i also post the videos and episodes on youtube um but essentially the podcasts i've talked about or had so far um have been about poc experiences entrepreneurship um i did one about I have like this mini series that I've like kind of soft launched called money trees where I talk about like personal um, financial literacy, especially for younger folks. So I've sure. budgeting um, credit scores. And that's also why I have um, my partnership with EDU rain with uh, Brian Pearson yeah. um, because I was able to talk about that. And obviously I'll be able to integrate their whole business model into mine. Um, and yeah, I think it's kind of a, a way for me to just talk about all things that I like. I, I know a lot of people who content create uh, say that you need a niche and mm. maybe I do, maybe I'm, I haven't found it quite yet. Uh, I think that podcast is essentially the niche itself. Um, but yeah, I've had not only Brian over, but my friend who has a thriving clothing brand um, had a conversation with him. Mm. Um, I talk about spirituality sometimes too, college life in general, just like sure. overall philosophy, think philosophy, um, sociology, and just like thought. If yeah, not, if it were to be like an umbrella under YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> I like it, and it's such an important. I mean, you're, this niche you're talking about is so important for for students specifically to hear these types of stories because it's about trying to make ends meet, right? I guess right. to use use a kind of a, a maybe overused phrase. Um, but talk a little bit about um, your work with with Brian uh, and uh, Edu Rain. Like, um, what's his organization about, and how do you kind of fit into that puzzle? Yeah, definitely. So EDU Rain is a startup created by um, Brian Pearson. He is a St. Louis native. Well, he's been around, but essentially he's a St. Louis native. Um, and it's to help college students find affordable housing. And their interface is super easy. Like you kind of just like, it's like Zillow, but for really affordable housing for students. Um, and they also have like a blog about budgeting, um, different types of personal finances there as well and kind of just like how to build your credit score things yeah. like that um and it's kind of just like i think his focus has been to just create like an all-in-one platform where students can go to learn more about 
how to get better with money and yeah. how to save money um, being a college student. Overall. Yeah, that's so great. That's so great. It reminds me a little bit of a um, when I went to graduate school, I was one of um, the few grad students in the program who had um, gone and tried to make a living <laughs> at theater design. And, and I was a carpenter and I was a painter. I did a lot of those kinds of jobs in between undergrad and grad school. And then I you know, forced myself to go to grad school and I'm glad I did. But a lot of folks uh, that were my classmates were, you know, went straight from undergrad to grad. And there was one day in particular, I remember very clearly, uh, it was this um, team talk course, and they had different guest speakers came and talk about being a lighting designer or being a set designer. And we had a guest lined up and he just didn't show up. <laughs> it was just like a, just AWOL, right? So no. he, just, he didn't show up at all. And um, so the faculty, uh, who are now very good friends, of course, but the faculty like looked at each other and they're like, well, what do y'all want to talk about? Like, we, we have to kind of punt here on what we were going to do. And um, I immediately raised my hand and I said, I want to know how to do my taxes as an artist. And um, they were like, uh, okay. And all my classmates are like, that's so boring. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I didn't know how to do any of this stuff when I was, you know, in between undergrad and grad. And like, what can I write off as a designer? Can I write off a book I buy? Can I write off travel? Can I, I mean, all these kinds of things. And we just kind of got into the nitty gritty of that. And for me, it was like, okay, I think I have a little bit better of an idea now in school. I should be learning how to balance my checkbook, you know, as an artist. And so um, it's so, so important. Um, there's a newsletter I receive um, in the sort of, again, the theater uh, world, and she's doing a series now. Her name's Lauren Halverson. She's great. And she's doing this series of newsletters now called Bills, Bills, Bills. <laughs> and, and they're basically, everything is anonymized in terms of names and cities as well, but everything is super real when it comes to like you know, we we had a, a flood in our basement and we had to pay for that and it cost this much and we only made this much doing this much, you know, and it it, it really kind of for students sort of says, shows them this could be a tough life, you know, to try to make yeah. a career, career out of this. And, you know, life comes at you in different ways and you have bills you didn't anticipate that, you know, come at you. So I think it's great that you're finding this kind of um, this sort of uh, avenue to kind yeah. of sh share, share what, you know, and also for Brian, you know, giving him an outlet as well. So, yeah. um, fantastic. Um, what else, what else do you do for fun? Do you, um, do you have any flourishing house plants? Um, do you, <laughs> do you, do you, do you exercise? What, what do you do for fun? What just, um, on a, on a day off, if such a thing exists in your life as a college okay. student? Um, well, this may not be, this is definitely not for fun, but I also, <laughs> okay. I, I work, um, I work two work study jobs. Oh. Um, and one of them is at WashU Law's admissions office. Very so, cool. Um, I like go through applications, uh, do all that, which is actually great for me to like be able to see um, prospective students' applications now, especially yes. when you want to apply later. Um, and I think that's a super feasible thing to find at WashU's. Um, for example, I found it through CareerLink, which is now Handshake, yeah. um, which helps students find a bunch of, um, whether it's job opportunities, work-study opportunities, internships, anything under that. Um, and then my second one is as the, it's, it's weird. I'm the assistant <laughs> of the psych 
ecology department's director. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. The director of the psych department. Do you want to name names or no? <laughs> Shelly Coleman. <laughs> okay, great, great. Give Shelly a shout out. Come on. Yep. She works hard, but um, <laughs> she does. Um, well, that's great. And uh, I guess that that's like maybe a full-time job when you combine two jobs. I don't know if it is, but um, it sounds like it might be a lot of hours. I think I, I like, I split them up so that I, one, don't go over my work study award. Right. Um, but I think I work about, it's definitely not full time. I work about, I would say anywhere between 15 to 20 ish hours Got a it. week, which is still a lot once I like, you know, you add everything together. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, so that's not for fun. But <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, once I already have all of that done, um, I do go to the gym. I try to go every day and I try to give myself like two days off. But sure, this I haven't been consistent <laughs> with that. I'm not mad at myself for it. I have to give myself grace. But um, it's, it's fair. I, yeah, I do love going to the gym a lot. And it, it's also super easy and accessible thing you have one on the 40 which is where usually under um, yep. classmen live um it's not as extensive as the main one uh but it's definitely accessible and i know that for the winter months i'm gonna be going there yeah. <laughs> yeah. often because it's a shorter walk um and then summers is obviously a great athletic facility you can there's like spin classes they have um they have like boxing classes several other classes that I don't even know of um <laughs> you can you can go I think it's open from 6 a.m to 11 p.m and so yeah. you can go anytime within there there's sure. basketball you could play badminton I mean nice there's anything you want but yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome that's yeah. awesome. Nice. And do you have, I, I meant to ask you, do you have um, siblings, family members? Do, are, do you, Parents Weekend is coming up, which is why I was on the brain. But um, yeah, uh, I um. So like I said, my brother lives in Miami. That's my only other son. Right. He's 28. I had to ah. do the math. So he's a, he's a lot older. <laughs> okay. um, so it's, um, yeah, I actually didn't know Parents Week was coming up. So like, thanks for it that is. reminder. Sure. Um, like it's it's friday so it might be a little late yeah no just, oh, that's <laughs> to let anybody what, know <laughs> that's why my friends were like my parents are coming i was like okay that's uh, so, I, yes. could, I was like did everyone just like <laughs> join up with their parents to come at the same day <laughs> like that's so weird of you guys now nah, it makes sense yeah, that that, context <laughs> yeah yeah but it's okay any yeah. parent any weekend can be parents weekend that's yeah, true yeah. That's but so yeah true. Um, nice, nice. Is there anything else you want to add and maybe promote things that you're working on? Um, working on not necessarily, I will say for prospective students or people who are mm -hmm. coming, sure. um, WashU started up their car share enterprise car share program. Yes. Um, I have no reason to be giving the plug other than <laughs> the fact that it's so convenient and like, I think it's like $5 to rent it for like two and a half hours or something like that. Oh, that's a, like, yeah. That's, That's such a steal. I know for like five, I think for like five or six hours, it's like $25 essentially yep. for what you'd pay for like an Uber there back to wherever you're going. Yep. You have it for a half a day. So That's yeah. An enterprise license. Yeah, yeah. Enterprise is a St. Louis company for those that don't know. So um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was founded, founded here. I think Jack Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I had a neighbor when I lived in uh, Webster Groves here in St. Louis and um, he was in his nineties and he used to run a bank. And this is, I'm, this is probably forties, fifties, sixties. He was running this bank and he's like, this guy came in and he was like, I got this idea. 
for like people to borrow a car for a short period of time. And he's like, you're crazy. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) And that became Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And it was like, and my my neighbor was like, stupidest thing I ever did was (laughs) like send this guy out of our office. Um, but anyway, um, it's so delightful to, to catch up with you. I mean, for me as a, as a, as a faculty member, uh, you know, the most engagement it's fair to say, um, students have with us as beyond boundaries, director and assistant director is, is through the seminar, um, in your first year. And so I haven't seen you for a good solid half a semester already. So, um, it's great to, uh, great to talk to you and great to catch up with you and, sincerely appreciate you sharing your story um, with uh, with those that listen on the podcast, all four listeners on the podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, but thank you so much. And I hope you will let me know when I can return the favor if a, a 52-year-old man is an attraction. I don't think it would be, but <laughs> <laughs> if it's an attraction for your podcast, I'm happy to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, uh, no, it definitely uh, is. I think it'll give it perspective. Yes. <laughs> for sure. And that podcast again is Trush, you can find that on. Trush. Yes, <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely interesting to say say anything right after it because yes. you're like finishing shushing yourself and then <laughs> not shushing yourself. You're like muting and unmuting yourself. That's an um, excellent point. Yes, <laughs> yes. But you know, huh. maybe maybe that there's like a marketing tactic in there somewhere. <laughs> I think, it, I think it works. I think it works. Many of my own students are trying to shush me all the time. And I, it's, it's, it's my job to talk, I guess, as, um, but th- they would see it differently. <laughs> just, just shush, just give us the assignment and shush. Um, and that's exactly why you'll be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. Well, Lauren, Lauren LaCruz, it is delightful to catch up with you and um, uh, hope to see you on campus here soon. But um, in the meantime, have a great rest of your week. Um, great weekend coming up. It's supposed to be nice weather. Um, interestingly, yeah. it got really chilly this week. It got but, so cold. But yeah, now it's going to be like Miami hot. <laughs> well, maybe not quite. Worlds. <laughs> maybe not quite that hot, but it's supposed to be in the 80s this weekend. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for being a guest on the podcast. I'm very, very glad that you said yes to this idea. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you.